Today is UNESCO World Radio Day, when around the world people will tune into special programs like this one on Culture File. This year the programs are on the theme of peace, which is a big theme and a small theme. There's always the big P peace to be restored in places from Yemen to Ukraine. But there's always also a little piece, a piece so small that it sits inside a single room, maybe inside a single head. The composer Natalia Bayliss made an album from sewing sounds recorded on a Singer 5802C. And when people hear it, she says, easily the most common response comes with a story about how the sewing sound world is the world of their childhood. I know what they mean. Natalia's zig 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 worked on me that way too, recovering a world of peace that's always getting lost, only half sensed at the time. The industrious peace of my grandmother's workshop at the big hardware store near the docks. Upstairs past unsettling displays of baths and sinks and taps, all missing their bathrooms. Up behind a hangar door that rolled aside to reveal Mrs. F across the room at her machine, an unattended cigarette burning nearby, teasing the piled-up bolts that filled the workroom, and forming around her as years went by like a tree embracing a lamppost. At a bench, her lieutenant, Desi, who looked after floor stuff, goes at an unfurled acre of Axminster, freehand with a blade, like he's cleaning a mackerel. The morning's work is in flow, and in it grows something that even a ten-year-old notices. It's hard to recognize it as peace, because the place is filled with sound. Apparently it's non-trivial to rid sewing of the human. It's the material's fault all those bolts are too floppy and unpredictable, too alive under the needle and apt to find their own ways. No AI can really help. You always need an operator of some kind. And there she is at her machine, a heavy Singer brand built into a table, a motor tucked underneath, directed in volleys from a foot pedal, worked by a loafer, last seen on the foot of Catherine Hepburn. At least I feel that was a role model for Mrs. F, a woman left holding all the babies when my grandfather finally did do her a favor and up and went. Their screwball comedy was missing its happy ending. Mrs. F insisted she was not an interior designer when that variety of person finally showed up in Galway, despite the Habsburgian excesses of her specs for curtains. And not a seamstress either, even if her offspring still display her tapestry tote bags or a denim Nehru jacket. She made curtains and covers for cottages in The Quiet Man, but that didn't make her a set decorator either. Like some touchy indie band, she didn't want to be pigeonholed into a genre. She was, as anyone who visited the workshop could plainly see, a space as much as a craft. Not that a child ever thinks like that or properly explains being pulled towards the space where my grandmother leans, focused on her machine, like she was drawing the whole world from a spool of thread in explosive bursts. 
But like that, it doesn't sound much like peace. But maybe that's because there's one track missing from the mix, that second sound ducking and layering with the pulsing needle, the radio. The radio brought its own problems, but its burble worked to hold the piece where it needed to be. Hold it for a minute while Mrs. F swept her nub of chalk over chintz and corduroy, did actual cuts and actual pastes, then got back to her machine and its timeline of thread. I wonder, after saying all that, whether my grandmother would ever have seen her space that way, whether that's really how she thought about the workshop as she heaved the door back on its tracks each morning, day after day, decade after decade. She died soon after stepping into the street across the path of a motorcyclist. She wasn't the same after that, the daughters agreed. She's at peace now, I remember them saying. She often was, I think. Thank you.